0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Here with my co-host over in Maker Nation, Coach Dean Manchy Coach, what's going on?
1: Brian, it's just awesome. We're ending the summer here. and the, All the WIA sports in the state of Wisconsin are starting up. Everything's fired going up and people are working their tails off all summer. And it's so exciting to watch the kids uh, be able to compete this fall.
0: Well, we're we're really excited about our guests today. But just remember, podcasts—we're trying to spread the word on sharing this with coaches and athletes, and you know uh, the numerous guests that we have. So please share the show, put it on your Instagram, uh, tag us in that. We'll share it on our on our page, on a Twitter, and everything like that. Share the show. Trying to get a lot of these messages out. A lot of the messages are very similar, but at the end of the day, we have a lot of successful people on the podcast. So that's success leaves clues. I think we talked about that earlier today, Dean. Anything Fox Valley Throws-wise before we get started here, Dean?
1: Yeah, we're going to be starting out the fall sessions in September and October on September 10th. And all that's on the Instagram, Fox Valley Throws, and also Twitter. And the Fox Valley Throws Club website, too.
0: That's awesome. Sports Advantage, obviously, we've got our our, uh, specials for our school year memberships that you can get at all five of our gyms. Check out the Instagram sites there. Also, we've added into our memberships the ability for your athletes to use our our organ, as far as a recovery product and things like that, an all-natural product that, um, you know, our one of our owners, Joe Thomas, sits on the board with and and provided with that. So, uh, a lot of great options at Sports Advantage and things like that. But, you know, we talk we've talked a lot, Dino, over the last couple of weeks about you know football season starting and things like that. But there's there's a couple other sports that are getting started, and one. Is without a doubt one of the biggest growing sports in our state for sure, um, but across the country, and that's women's volleyball. And we've got a former Kimberly athlete. And I know everybody's used to hearing that on this <laughs> podcast, but we've got Maggie Cartwright who plays at Arkansas. Maggie, how are you doing?
2: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: Well, we're doing awesome. Well, we got a little chance to talk with Maggie before we, uh, got in the air here. And this is, this is going to be a fireball of an episode. She's got a lot of energy and she's ready to, she's ready to go. I don't know if she drank an energy drink before she hopped on here, but I think she's ready to rock and roll. Maggie, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and how you ended up at Arkansas.
2: Yeah. So I grew up in Wisconsin. I went to Kimberly. Um, I've been playing sports my whole life. Uh, Track basketball, volleyball. Um, I've been at the University of Arkansas going into my fifth year now, and I have had the awesome opportunity to play every single season. So that's a little bit of my background. And yeah, it's
1: awesome. Maggie, let's talk about that. You lettered in basketball and track in high school. At what time did you realize that volleyball was going to be the sport that you were going to continue post high school?
2: I Really, I see, I thought it was basketball my whole life. I grew up, I was like, basketball, basketball, basketball. And then I started playing volleyball because I was I was bored. I was that young kid. I was bored with basketball. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do volleyball. So I started volleyball. I was like, this is great. You know, I'm learning all these new things. And I got in the gym every day. And I was like, there's so much more I can learn. And I think I was a sophomore in high school and I got a call from a coach. I have no idea what college it was. And I had this great conversation and I was just like, you know, I think I can do this. I think that really built confidence in me. I was like, Oh, people see me as like going to the next level in volleyball. And I think that's when I was like, you know, I'm going to put basketball track aside and I think I'm going to pursue this. So I kind of, I ran with it. I really, I gave that to God. And I was like, you know, if this is what you want me to pursue, this is what I'll pursue. And he just really, he just pulled me towards volleyball. I think that was a pretty special moment in my life.
0: So, Maggie, when did you continue to play the other two sports throughout your whole high school career? Or did, is, was there a time that you stepped away from those sports?
2: I think I stepped away mostly from those sports my junior year of high school. I was always involved with track. I wasn't the most committed to other sports in high school. Um, but, yeah, I think senior year I was very involved with basketball. Uh, freshman sophomore year I was very involved with track but junior year I kind of I put those aside and volleyball was the main focus then but I'd say I dabbled in them all throughout high school
0: okay and then as a young athlete you played them all the way up to to that point right I mean a lot yeah. of different sports things like that
2: oh yeah left high school I was like this is great you know still yeah. going to track practice and going to basketball and I was like ah, oh, still staying in shape so was, yeah
0: I think that's such an important thing Dean we talk about that you know with so many of our athletes that they 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 quit playing their other sports too soon right i mean you you are starting to get offers your junior year and now now it's time to be like okay now it's time to start really focusing on this i think too many kids miss out on opportunities maggie right where you like i'm sure you know maybe volleyball was the sport you were the best at but at the end of the day like i'm sure some of those moments and memories you had in those other sports as well as developing you know other skills really helped you along the way right
2: absolutely i think going from volleyball to basketball I was like oh I'm really good at this and I don't know why and then I would look at it I'm like oh it's because I do this every single day in volleyball and then I go to volleyball and I'm like I'm really good at this oh it's because of basketball so yeah I think I honestly I'm a big advocate for multi-sports I think a lot of it transfers over if you look at weight room stuff you're in the weight room doing the same exercises and it's like I think kids get overwhelmed with the fact like, oh, this is my sport. I want to stay in the sport. It's like, no, if you go to college for a sport, like you're doing all these other things too. So if you can manage doing two sports at once or however many, I think, I think that's a good kind of stepping stone for college.
1: Yeah. I hey, think- is, maybe, you know, is, is there, it's always seems like to me and, and obviously, you know, I'm an outsider kind of looking in, but at the high school level, with you know girls volleyball and girls basketball can an athlete do both of them and can it be and can it work and you know what advice do you kind of give to those coaches because it seems like so many times you know volleyball coaches want their kids to play volleyball year round basketball coaches want their basketball athletes to play all year round but how do you how do you do it as an athlete because I, I sometimes see individuals kind of get you know anxious over it you know, they get stressed out about it. And I think sometimes if they want to do that sport at the collegiate level, they feel like they have to drop one in order to do the other. So what advice would you give for girls that love doing both sports? What advice would you give to them?
2: I would say just time management. Honestly, I think building a good relationship with your coach is probably a big time because I think you know, if I'm committed to volleyball, this is what I want to do. And you're just kind of half in half out with basketball. I think that looks bad, but I think if you communicate that with your coaches, like, Hey, I, this is my schedule and this is our basketball schedule. This is my volleyball schedule. What can we do? I think always kind of, you're going to end up going to practices really early, getting extra reps because you couldn't, you had to leave a practice early. So time management communication with the coaches, big thing. Um, I think a lot of younger athletes get scared to communicate with coaches. It's a scary thing. No one wants to say, hey, I might not be able to be there. Um, they're not going to shut you down. They're going to they're gonna find a way. And I kind of went through that when I was in club volleyball and, and basketball, you know. Some nights I had to leave from a basketball. I left from a basketball game at like 830 at night and drove to Omaha that night. And it's like that open communication with your coaches, your family, and the whole scheduling, time management, very important. And you're going to end up having days where you're like, "I'm freaking tired. I'm sore. I can't get up." And I think getting up and doing it when you don't want to do it the most is probably the most important thing ever.
0: And I think you know volleyball. As we kind of move into you know talking about the sport of volleyball, is without a doubt probably the fastest growing female sport right now. Not I think in our state, no doubt, Dean. But I think across the country, I mean, I think it's, I mean, the NCAA has done an incredible job over the last couple of years of really promoting the sport. I mean, the athleticism of you and so many females, I mean, is is just incredible. Some of the things that you guys are able to do, it's an exciting sport to watch, right? It's fast paced. There's a lot of scoring. Um, it's explosive. It's, po- it's all the things that people want to watch. Um what advice would you give to some young girls that maybe have the goal of playing at the division one level, um, you know, as they kind of go through that process in high school and, and now with the popularity of the sport, obviously there's, as the sport grows, there's more opportunities to be seen, which means there's more people that are watching and things like that. So what's some of the advice that you would give to some of these, you know, high school girls that really want the opportunity to play at the next level? Uh,
2: You know, that's a great question. I would say, honestly, just, everyone always says it be the first one in the gym be the last one out and I think that's important I think what kind of slips away from these younger athletes you need to get in the weight room it's you know you don't have to be lifting you don't have to squat 500 pounds but you need to be in the weight room that's something that you need to implement to prevent injury but I think these girls that are wanting to play it is an exciting sport I think you know you're scoring points all the time and I think girls just kind of have to realize from the younger age, I think confidence is a big thing. I think if you don't have confidence, you'll probably end up cutting your career a little bit short because you're doubting yourself. And if you doubt yourself, I don't, I think it's pretty hard to get to the point where you want to get to. So just confidence and probably a little more weightlifting than younger kids would like to do.
1: Heard it. Meg. Yeah, I know What's that's it? important. <laughs> you see it with all the sports There's so many kids. Do, you know, their skill level in their sport is so much better than their physiology and their their physicality. It just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't catch up with them enough, you know what I mean? And it just makes a big difference. they got to make sure that they can do the stuff that their sport coaches want them to do, and mm-hmm. physically they can't just because they lack that strength and, and everything else. We know you got to be strong in order to be explosive. And in your game yeah. basketball, you got to be able to jump. I just saw something right there they said if a girl wants to get a division 1 scholarship she's got to have a vertical jump of over 30 inches I just read. You know that's that's what they're yeah. looking for. You know, so minimum. So any of those high school athletes listen out there volleyball especially, you got to you got to get in the weight room, you got to jump, you got to get stronger. Well so Dean, I think
0: about... Dean, do you might I the other yep. thing too is that the amount of volleyball that that the girls are playing now at the high at the high school level in AAU the strength not only provides great injury prevention because of the amount of jumping you're doing both knees. And what we saw is like hips and low back with a lot of athletes, but it also provides great recovery. The stronger you are, the faster you can recover. And I I mean, Maggie, in some of these tournaments you guys are playing like six to eight games on a weekend. I mean, it's, you know, so not, but I think the other thing too is like from an upper body standpoint, you know, the, the strength in the upper body, I, I mean, rotator cuff issues up, you know, things like that. It's such a, explosive sport, I think maybe it's a great point that the, the weight room is such an integral part for a young or for a volleyball athlete.
2: Yeah, I think we try to, I think in female sports, I know Kimberly actually did a really good job of implementing the weight room and just kind of that intensity. But I think as females, like, you know, I don't think being in the weight rooms is that and a super interesting thing for us. And I think that if we start to do stuff kind of like what Kimberly does, it's like, it's exciting to get in the weight room, you know, we're doing all these CrossFit stuff, or at least when I was there. Um, And I think if we make it exciting for these young girls, I think we can go a lot further in our sport, even like you see male sports too. Like we want to start building muscle at a young age so we can get to where we want to get to.
1: Maggie, let's talk about that. That, um, you know, the whole deal, you go down to Arkansas, everyone's a great athlete, right? So you got to work on that physical part and also just talk about that mental part of being a collegiate Division One athlete. And what are some things maybe that you do or you think of that help, you know, put yourself ahead of your competition?
2: I love that question. I love I love when we take the physical part out of it because I truly believe when you get to the level, when you get to the D1 level, everyone's good. And it's not when you're in the gym, it's not, she's better than me because she does this, this, and this physically better than me. It's, I think it's all mental. I think being confident has been just a number one thing. Um, going into the gym every day and knowing you are capable and you see yourself succeeding. I, tr- I really believe in visualization. I believe in watching people that play for the USA team and just seeing yourself as them. I, I love that. I love watching film of, of, the usa team because it's like that's what i strive for and then you kind of visualize that you go into the next practice and you're mentally there and i think that's super important because you know it's it's a matter of inches in the game now it's like she's not there's not this big gap and so i think if you're super confident and you know you can i think that will kind of surpass you by these i think you're in a much better position
0: maggie i think you know, everybody looks at what goes on in practice and in the weight room, stuff like that. But like, I think a lot of really high quality teams do outside team different team activities um, to really try and give yourself a competitive advantage. So, do you guys do anything at Arkansas um, as far as like team activities or anything to kind of give you guys a competitive edge? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, I think one thing we're really good at there. It's it's really simple. We have team meetings. We set aside every week. We have a team meeting with everyone. And we basically talk about our goals and how we're all striving for the same thing. So just having the same goals is you want think like, it's like, yeah, no duh, You have the same goals. You know, you want to win games. You want to go to the NCAA tournament, but you know, like now I'm I'm in my fifth year and we have girls that are however much younger than me. It's like, do we have the same goals? So just that open communication, I think we, we kind of, We talk about that a lot, having open communication with each other and just knowing, like, this is what we're working for and setting the tone right away. Um, We also do a team retreat every year, which is always very, very interesting, but it's fun. It gives us time to see each other outside the sport and just create those friendships, you know, in a outside-the-volleyball setting. And so I think that's very important, too.
1: So, Meg, you talked about these, you know, these meetings. Are they – are, these with coaches, or do you guys ever have any player led only meetings, or
2: um, so these set aside meetings are coach led meetings. Uh, my coach does a great job of letting us kind of lead the conversation, what we want to talk about, what we want to get out of it. And I think that's pretty important because at the end of the day, the coach isn't on the court, you know, it's it's us, and we need to be good at communicating with each other. So I think the coaches are there to guide the conversation but I think it's us led and it's I think it's pretty good because our relationship with our coach is great so no one feels like oh, I can't say this or like I have to say this a certain way so um I think those we get a lot out of those meetings actually
1: well, let's talk about all the coaches you've had you can start off from youth you know <laughs> when you were a youngster and different sports and and all that but we have a lot of coach listeners of the podcast yeah mm-hmm. you know so what advice would you give to coaches that you think make coaches really good at what they do
2: um I don't know if a lot of coaches are gonna like this the, they will yes. um yes but- <laughs> real
1: talk real talk well,
0: here we go <laughs>
2: I I mean I was not always the easiest kid to coach I like I'll be the first to admit that I am a pain in the butt sometimes um but I think that having a good relationship with your players. I think coaches need to, it's hard to be a coach of a big team. Like you look at football teams and it's hard to have that, that friendship, if you will. But I think coaches need to take time to figure out their athletes and how they are and how they work and what they, what they need individually. And I think it's kind of like, I mean, if you guys, both of you guys have kids, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's the same thing as parenting, you know, you don't have a kid and your second kid's the same exact as your first kid, you know, you parent a little different. And I think coaches need to realize like, this isn't always going to be a well-oiled machine and not like A, B and C are going to work for all these same athletes. So I think building that relationship and knowing, Hey, like I need to speak to this person this way, because this is going to make them better. Um, and kind of treat them almost as an equal because i think just building the respect for each other because i don't think you as a coach you're not going to get much out of an athlete if you're like i'm i'm the coach i say this you listen that's how it is i think you respect your coaches but i think that respect comes from building a relationship and being like okay yeah i respect my coach now i want to now i'm going to listen to him and i think coaches don't like that you know it's i'm the coach i say this you listen. And I think a lot of, you need to kind of build that. So you want your athletes to listen to you.
0: I think the word like that, that I think of when you're talking about that is trust, like as a coach, you know, it's, it's our job to earn the athlete's trust by, by, you know, being consistent, you know, we really being all the things we ask of athletes. I see that a lot with coaches, you know, they tell athletes to do this and this and this, but yeah, when you turn your back, they're not doing the same thing. And like, nowadays with social media and and all the different other outlets players know athletes know when their coaches aren't living to the standard that they expect their athletes and at the end of the day and i i tell this to our staff all the time we can't expect our athletes to live at a certain standard if we're not doing it ourselves Mm -hmm. because they're modeling our behavior based on the culture that we're trying to create and things like that. So, Maggie, I think that's and relationships is everything in athletics, right? Building that relationship because if you, as an athlete, if you ever get in trouble or you have an issue with a class or anything, the first person outside of probably your parents that you need to go talk to is your coach because they need to be able to be there to help you through that, right?
2: Exactly, and that's a great. I love that example. Just like if you're in trouble you should feel i truly believe like you should feel that you can lean back on your coaches you know your parents send you off to college and it's like all right my kid's life is in your hand now and as a coach i think our coaching staff does a great job and um before school starts every year it's the saturday before school starts our coach always says hey if anything happens you get in the situation you call me no i don't care what happens i'll not talk about it i'll not treat you different if you get in a situation you can't get out of, you call me. And I think that speaks volumes. I think, you know, I think that just show, goes to show like we have a strong relationship and our coaches, our coach likes us as human beings and sees us as humans and not just athletes.
0: Well, Maggie, so, you know, your time at Arkansas now, there's a lot of things that have changed in college athletics. Now we've got this transfer portal, you've got NIL. Um, or, or, yeah, I mean, that's really changed the whole aspect of college. I mean, how has that changed your college experience, um, based on when you started to to kind of right now where it's, you know, I can call it this cause I'm not in college. It's almost like the wild, wild West with the NIL. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of rules, um, it was kind of rolled out at the same time. They kind of rolled the transfer portal and the NIL at the same time. And it's. I think the NCA right now may be wondering, you know, maybe they should have rethought some of this stuff. But how has it really changed, um, you know, your experience?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, the transfer portal and NIL coming out at the same time—it's been—it's been a whirlwind. Um, I, I, well, first of all, I'll start with the transfer portal. Um, it has been great. I think it has allowed many athletes to get out of situations they don't like and join teams that they are happy with successful with i think that's very important for athletes health and happiness um we've had success with the transfer portal so i'm digging it uh so (laughs) far um uh nil yeah nil is just absolutely crazy not many rules that's just you know you have people that want to support you and support what you do and they're like hey you do this this and this and post this you can have it and it's like okay i mean gosh, like I'll do it. You know, we have football players that are making crap loads of money and you see their billboards and stuff and you're like, what in the world is going on? But I think it's, I think it's great for college sports. I think we're not looked at as entertainment, really. It's like, okay, these kids have life outside of just this sport, you know, they're being successful and whether it's a car dealership, whether it's, you know, just supporting a local restaurant. I think that's it's a good look. And I think it's, it's helping, you know, college kids, not everyone's on scholarship. Um, They're making money college, you know, paying for it has become a little bit easier. And I think, I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for the athletic community.
1: Well, get your edge time right now, Maggie. So the athletes listening right now want that competitive advantage. They want it from you. What is your best advice that you would give them?
2: just be confident, you know, go in and know, like, I have worked my, bu- know that you've worked your butt off, know that you've done all this work to put yourself in a great position. But once you're there, I think you just really need to be confident. And not not cocky, not Yeah, like, on the crap, whatever. But it's like, yeah, I worked so hard that I made, I put myself in this position, I'm going to succeed at it. You know, you hear a lot of Talk whatever, whatever, but it's you know who you are, and I think you know every day you have to go back, know who you are, know why you do this, whether it's you know for your family, for God, um, you're gonna do it. So keep grinding, keep doing your stuff, and work hard.
0: I think that's awesome, right? I think that's another thing that social media has done it allows people to like tell you what they're gonna do before they do it, and a lot of times it's kind of you, you see a lot of high school kids. You know, we'll see it here in the next couple of days, Dean, on Twitter or not on Twitter, but on Instagram, you know, what they're going to do on Friday night, you know, and things like that. And usually only half of them are right because, you know, one team wins and one team loses. Well, Maggie, you got, a, you know, we got a big game coming up here in a couple, couple of weeks and uh, we're not going to we're not going to ask you for any predictions because obviously it's <laughs> a competitive athlete we know you're going to believe that you guys are going to win but what what do you think that'll be like getting to getting to play Wisconsin a couple of games I mean they've been the top program in the country um you know how exciting is that going to be and you guys obviously are starting the year off with a with a nice ranking and and, and whatnot so I mean, that's going to be an exciting game to start off the year right you guys don't probably play them very often so what's it going to be like
2: I think it's going to be fun you know we're going to be in Barnhill in Arkansas um it's gonna be exciting. You know, I think anytime a ranked team comes into a gym or if you go there, I think there's always that excitement, especially early in the season. And I think early season poll, seeing us up there, it's it's nice. It's reassuring that we're seen, which is great. But I think at the end of the day, we know what we do in our gym and we know how hard we work. And I think playing against Wisconsin, I think it's gonna be great. I think both teams are gonna do great and it's going to be a grind. You know, it's not going to be easy at all times. Um, it's going to get messy, but I think just kind of sticking to our roots and going back to, okay, this is what we do in practice every day. Let's, let's apply it to this game. So I'm excited. It's it's going to awesome. be awesome. You know, back to back. So yeah.
1: Dean, you got anything else for Maggie? Just let, let's talk Arkansas. You know, it's a far away from where we are at. You're in Appleton, you know, the Kimberly area, the Fox Valley. So Let's just talk about your experience. What what's some great things about Arkansas that you really like? Y'all,
2: y'all is great. Yes. Um. Yeah. I think the best thing I've ever done was get so far away from home. I think that has been just awesome. Like, it's not. I don't want to say it's culturally different, but it's very southern esque. Like being on campus I was, never saw myself fitting in here um which not saying I do all the time but there is a place for me here which has been great um uh, but yeah it's you know you get some southerners you get a lot of different people on the team you know you got some people from Florida from California from Texas and it's like you know we all have a spot on this team and yeah Arkansas has been great it's hot here it's really hot here so uh, but yeah it's I think it's been really great for me to experience. And I don't think if you asked me in high school, you know, would you go far away from home? My answer would probably be heck no, but um, getting out of my comfort zone has probably been one of the best things I've ever done. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead, Dino.
1: This is is Kimberly
0: soon. So you get, you get first priority. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Thank you. (laughs) Is there any, but a time that you went there and all of a sudden thought, Oh, I don't know, I'm getting homesick. You know, this might not be for me. You know, is there anybody, that situation that maybe that happened? Because we've had, you know, Emily Scott was on her podcast and, and she was same environment, Kimberly Grad, you know, went to the Louisville. And there was a time where, you know, you make that call home and like, I don't know, I'm getting homesick. You know, I, uh, and, uh, and the best thing that she said was having her stay there Got her out of her comfort zone and really uh, put herself in a situation where she really had to grow as a person. And I think too many times, sometimes kids go far, go out of state, and then something comes up, and then boom, they want to just go home yeah. right away. So, th- did you ever have an instance like that, or not?
2: Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you here. I think like. Gosh, for the first two weeks starting practice as a freshman, I think I called my mom like every day crying, not because like practice was just like horrible or whatever. I was just like, like, mom, like, I, like, I miss you. And I have three siblings. And I was like, I miss them. i like, I miss home. And I think as a freshman, it's hard to find that home right away. Um. So yeah, I definitely struggled with that. And just like kind of going back to mental health, I think it's very important especially when you make that transfer over into college i think you know you're in the dorms or you're doing this you're not used to the schedule you don't have a routine and you're like what am i doing and i think kind of finding those people early um building relationships it's uncomfortable you you go and stay in a dorm with a ton of random people and you're like you want me to build a relationship um i think it's important to that's uncomfortable but you have to get out of your comfort zone and figure it out because those are going to be your people for the next four years um but yeah freshman year homesick sophomore year homesick but you know my mom was like you know you i'm far away which is great like it's great for you but if you can get through this week then you'll be able to get through next week and if you get through next week you can keep doing it and so it's it's really just chipping away a day at a time
0: awesome maggie so what do you want to do when you're done playing volleyball
2: um, so this is my last semester. I plan to go play volleyball overseas somewhere where I do not know. Um, but I will pursue or I plan to pursue a career in coaching. So I'll probably come back to Arkansas, do go to grad school, have a GA or grad assistant spot on our uh, coaching staff and go from there. See if I can get an assistant job and then hopefully head coach somewhere. So but, you want yeah. to
0: coach, you want to coach volleyball, huh? Cause I know, I know yeah. a gym owner that would hire you in a heartbeat <laughs> and I could get really? you back, but yeah, we could figure out a way to get you back close to your family. And, <laughs> and, you know, you'd be no. wearing red and black and you, you do <laughs> really well, I think with this, you know, this organization, but no, I think uh, you do it. You do a heck of a job as a coach. I think you've got a lot of the, lot of the qualities and I think you understand um, the relationship part, which is the most important part. X's and O's are great. But at the end of the day like you have to have you know a, a group of young men or young women that that go out and will play as hard as they can for the school for the coach and I think you've got all the qualities to be a hell of a coach someday young lady so I, I'm really looking forward to that hopefully you can keep playing for a while but um yeah I think it'd be awesome Dean anything else before you lock lock her up here for the night
1: yeah where overseas would be your 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 best place you would like to go
2: I want to go to Greece. I don't know where. Oh my gosh, the
0: Amalfi Coast. <laughs> I know.
2: I, there's a girl that went to Cyprus, and I was like, you know, you don't really know much about it. And I was like, hey, like, what what is it like? She's like, oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. It's so much fun. I was like, all right, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm doing it. So, well, that's yeah. Awesome. I think somewhere somewhere in Greece would be a dream. Well,
0: that's good. Well, Maggie, we appreciate you hopping on. We wish you the best of luck here in your senior year we know you're going to do great um keep getting after it keep those values that that you shared with us tonight we appreciate it. a lot of great great nuggets i know dean always does a video of of uh of our of our guests like midweek after we launch it uh he's going to have his work cut out for him to find just one so he'll probably have to do a couple of these but that's going to end this episode of get your edge podcast watch maggie and the the razorbacks get after it this year and we'll see you next time chop it